The topics and opinions expressed on the following show are solely those of the hosts and their guests and not those of W4WN Radio, its employees, or affiliates. We make no recommendations or endorsements for radio show programs, services, or products mentioned on air or on our web. No liability, explicit or implied, shall be extended to W4WN Radio, its employees, or affiliates. Any questions or comments should be directed to those show hosts. Thank you for choosing W4WN Radio. Radio Tony with Tony Lontis, author of Resilience, memoir of a broken little girl discovering a woman of strength and beauty. Available now on Amazon.com and in all good bookstores. Radio Tony. Your safe space for tough conversations, exposing secrets and talking about trauma and recovery. Radio Tony. Building resilience. Talking trauma. Radio Tony. Live from the Gold Coast, Australia. Radio Tony. Difficult conversations and bringing hope to listeners. Live from the Gold Coast, Australia on W4WN. Hello everyone, you're listening to W4WN Radio, Radio Tony this week. Hello, Um, welcome to my wonderful radio technician Rebel. Um, It's been a really busy this week. Um, My son's recently graduated from um, his doctorate in physiotherapy and is just about to take his first job overseas in New Zealand. So that's meant packing up his life here and storing his furniture and uh, moving internationally. Um, hello, everyone listening in the New, Ze- in New Zealand. Um, we have his graduation dinner tonight, followed by a ceremony tomorrow. Next week, we're doing grandparent duties while my daughter flies off to Bali for her first one-week solo holiday. So that's wonderful. Um, before we get on to world news, just a quick reminder to pop onto my website, tonylontis.com, to see what I've been up to, subscribe to my blogs and emails, and hear the latest podcasts of this show. Um, it's your way to contact me directly, buy my book, ebook, or audiobook if you'd like. I'd love to hear from you. I want to know your thoughts and ideas. I love to engage with you, my listeners. You can follow me on all my social media, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and Twitter, or drop me an email, um, Tony Lontis Author, T-O-N-I-L-O-N-T-I-S-A-U-T-H-O-R at gmail.com. So today we have a wonderful guest called Rhonda Olson, who will inspire you and show you that age is no barrier to doing what we love or discovering what we love. In world news today, according to news.com in India, hundreds of Indian villages have been evacuated as a historic drought forces families to abandon their homes in search of water. The country has been extremely, has had extremely high temperatures in recent weeks. On Monday, the capital Delhi saw the highest ever June temperature of 48 degrees Celsius. In Rajasthan, um, another city recently experienced as highs as high as 50.8 degrees Celsius, making it the hottest place on the planet. More than 250 miles from the country's commercial capital, Mumbai, village after village lies deserted. 
Estimates suggest that up to 90% of the area's population has fled, leaving the sick and elderly to fend for themselves in the face of a water crisis that shows no sign of abating. Wells and hand pumps have run dry in the 45 degrees Celsius heat wave. The drought um, has been much worse than the 1972 famine, which affected 25 million people across the state. Uh, the current drought began in early December and by the end of May, uh, certain towns have been deserted completely. 80% of districts surrounding the rural areas have been hit so hardly by drought that crop failure has ensured. Eight million farmers across two states have been struggling to survive. More than 6,000 tankers supply water to villages and hamlets in Maharaja daily um, as conflict brews between the two main drought-affected states over common water resources. Over to Asia, where Hong Kong residents have taken to the streets to protest against an extradition treaty with mainland China. One in seven Hong Kongers have taken part in a series of peaceful organised marches since Sunday with school and university walkouts and hundreds of businesses closing. Police officers have begun dispelling tens of thousands of protesters with tear gas and rubber bullets. Hong Kong has enjoyed civil liberties uh, like protest, freedom of speech and dissident movements that are heavily restricted in China. The controversial bill, which would see anyone in Hong Kong so soil able to be extradited to mainland China, has sparked anger in recent months. Hong Kong residents realise that this is less about bringing suspected criminals to justice in China and more about symbolically expressing their opposition to Beijing's government, who are steadily increasing political control and who, uh, and who believe that their future civil liber liberties are likely to stop. When the smaller territory handed over from Britain to China in 1997, it was promised to have a continuing high degree of autonomy um, for 50 years, and that takes them through to 2047. It is known as one country, two systems policy. Beijing continues to make attempts to chip away at Hong Kong's freedoms. The Chinese government drafted a law to criminalise disrespect for the Chinese national anthem. There have been instances in Hong Kong of Hong Kong citizens disappearing into mainland custody abruptly. This is a sad state for Hong Kong, who has enjoyed these freedoms for centuries. Over to Japan, where cases of child sexual abuse are through the roof. So too are cases of children being coerced into sending nude photographs of themselves to older men. The numbers in both categories are staggering, but the sexualization and exploitation of children and teens in Japan is nothing new. It's ingrained in popular culture. In most Japanese cities, men wanting to access child pornography can find it easily. 
it's only become a crime to possess child pornography as recently as 2014. But while it's still legal, that's most troubling. There are 300 cafes around the country where adult men can pay to spend time with underage girls. Consensual incest between adults is still legal in Japan. All of this is troubling news indeed. To America, where Donald Trump has announced that White House Press Secretary Sarah Saunders will leave her role at the end of the month. In tweets, the president praised his outgoing press secretary and said he hopes that she runs for the governor's mansion when she returns home. In Robert Mueller's report, Sanders was found to have made misleading statements about Mr. Trump's reasons for firing then-FBI director James Comley. Over to Syria, where we read about an interesting case of a mother of naturally conceived quadruplets. The little girls, Farah, Atta, Sakwa, and their brother Abdullah, um, were rarely naturally conceived quadruplets, and they were born on the 31st of December in a tiny city destroyed by the eight-year Syrian war. The babies live in a single room with their mother, Ali, and their older sister, Mara, 18 months old. Mara's twin sister has already passed away. Ali, 33, their mother, has no home of her own, no money and no chance of earning an income, at all. They live in a room with no heating, no furniture and no running water. Outside the streets are in complete ruins. Houses are reduced to rubble by bombs and airstrikes. Rubbish piles up everywhere on the street. It's no place to raise a family. But that's what their mother Ali is doing day by day. Ali's house is among those that were reduced to a pile of stones. It was taken over by Islamic State when she and her husband fled to the countryside and eventually the Syrian army and finally gained control of her small city. She survives now thanks to the goodwill of her brother and sister-in-law who make repairs to their home in the ruined city. Her brother and sister-in-law have moved the family into one room so that Ali could have the second room in their tiny house. The Syrian Arab Red Crescent gives her medicine and baby formula once a month. The donations are literally life-saving for her and her hungry babies. Due to Ali's anxiety and stress, she, it means she has no milk of her own. The Syrian humanity crisis has impacted over 11 million people who have fled their homes during the eight years of war. Seven million Syrian people do not have enough food to survive. 8.5 million people have received food parcels. The Syrian Arab Red Crescent. 13 million people emergency. 6.5 million people living in. Five million Syrian refugees registered worldwide. Half of those registered. Excuse me, Tony. <laughs> Check your mic. I can barely hear you. Two point five million children. 
were not in school in 2018, which is an incredibly sad state of affairs. 700 million, uh, 700,000 Syrian refugee children in neighbouring countries are also not at school. 5.3 million Syrian refugees are still sheltering in neighbouring countries of Lebanon, Jordan and Turkey. So over to my guest this week, Rhonda Olsen. Rhonda works with people who have difficulty expressing their needs, wants, desires and feelings. Rhonda recognises that people fear expressing themselves because they think that there will be negative consequences. People need to fully express their true nature to be loved, appreciated and accepted for who they are in every respect. After 30 years, Rhonda has immersed herself in a practice of field dreams. I can hear music in the background. Yeah, sorry. Um, Rhonda was on the line and apparently she was playing music in the background. I'm going to get her back on the line, <laughs> okay? Okay, I'll just keep talking. <laughs> okay, back to my information about Rhonda. For the past 30 years, Rhonda has immersed herself in the practice called Car method. It involves pathways between the brain and body to help us move more freely through life not just in the physical sense, but also emotionally and socially. Honda's personal experiences and training in this method, Bones for Life, Body Psychotherapy and other modalities have allowed her to reach a point today where she feels confident and strong in her own life and in helping people create meaningful turning points and breakthroughs in their life. Despite Rhonda's successes and breakthroughs, she has been through her own difficult times and has suffered dark nights of the soul. Rhonda was raised in an environment where she was afraid to speak her truth for fear of being harmed or shamed or rejected. Rhonda felt everything very deeply but was afraid to express her innermost feelings, even to her closest friends. Eventually, she locked down her feelings to a point where she developed painful body symptoms. Rhonda has come a long way from the little girl who froze in fear when she did not speak in a group situation at school to singing the lead in an opera, Dido and Anus, in 2016. Does Rhonda get triggered by the old hardwiring? Yes, she does but often she still steps out of her comfort zone to do what she loves. Many times in her past, her dad's words, it has to be perfect or you're not good enough, has stopped Rhonda before she even got started. There has been a complete turnaround. Nothing really changed until Rhonda understood how every belief and feeling she had ever had were expressing themselves in her body language and distorting her natural, authentic voice. 
what Rhonda discovered was a feminine spirit resides in her body and she needed to stop controlling her mind and get in touch with who she really was. Freeing her body and dancing and freeing her voice with speaking and singing has freed her body and were the keys to freeing her feminine spirit. Women Shine was born out of Rhonda's own personal journey to reclaim her fierce feminine spirit and her heart longing to assist others, whether they were women or men, and to empower themselves by reclaiming their spirit. Women Shine assists you to remove your mask and come out of the shadows into the light and become who you really are. So we're going to throw to a short break now, and when we return, we'll have Rhonda on the line. Over to you, Rebel. Radio Tony, bringing social consciousness this time every Thursday evening, live from the Gold Coast, Australia, on W4WN. Resilience, memoir of a broken little girl discovering a woman of strength and beauty, is the new book from Australian author Tony Londis. Available in paper, ebook, and audiobook formats, Resilience is the true life story of Tony, experiencing and surviving trauma, abuse, mental health issues, and the ultimate betrayal of someone she fell in love with. Exposing moral issues you may have dealt with too. Read how hope and happiness triumph in her life. Available at Amazon.com and all good online retailers. Radio Tony with Tony Lontis, author of Resilience, memoir of a broken little girl discovering a woman of strength and beauty. Available now on Amazon.com and in all good bookstores. Hello and welcome back, everyone. I've got Rhonda with me today. And before we introduce Rhonda, I'd just like to let you know that you can uh, check out what Rhonda's doing on her website called womanshine.com.au. That's www.womanshine.com.au. So how are you this morning, Rhonda? Okay, so it Rhonda, seems we have the mute button, please. There you go. There we go. Hello, Rhonda. How are you today? Hi, hi Tony. I'm I'm good. Can you hear me? Okay. I can hear you wonderfully well, and Hello. we've had a few little issues getting you on, and it's all good now, I believe. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> are you okay? <laughs> Yes, I'm very well this morning. Thank you. I'm, a bit, okay. I'm very excited, a bit nervous, but um, <laughs> I've never, haven't done a radio interview before. But um, <laughs> and you're doing wonderfully well. Um, just, I thought we might start by uh, telling everyone about your Woman Shine system. Okay. Well, the Woman Shine system, it, I call it "Express the Real You and Let Your True Colors Shine Through." So I use um, movements of the body, which are Feldenkrais movements and sounds, to uh, f- to take a deep sea dive into the body to release the holding patterns that are there, so that our voice can be free. And uh, so how much just- do you want to go into? <laughs> <laughs> so you describe those movements; they're just simple movements, aren't they, Rhonda? Uh, they're sorry. What did you say? 
So the movements are, are quite simple movements. They're not hard yeah, they're, to new, do. They're not painful for your body. They're not weird, wonderful no. yoga uh, poses, are they? No, they're gentle movements, and they're done. The secret is that they're done with awareness. So we start to pay attention to the sensations in the body, so that uh, we uh, can uh, re. It's like switch on the lights in our nervous system. Yeah, uh, like th things happen to us. Like um, we so might it's have. Sort like, of, it's a little bit like rather than your deep breathing. Uh, exercises where you think about the breath that you breathe in and think about the air entering your lungs you what you're talking about is um, a bodily movement um, can you give our listeners an example of just one of those movements uh, yes uh, so one place that I find where where women in particular are blocked with their voice the voice yes. will come just from the throat, like they might sing, they might uh, speak like up here, just like a yes. very light little voice in the throat. But our voice yes. actually comes from our belly, our lower belly. And uh -huh. the belly is, the lower belly is the place where we store our feelings. And okay. If, if we've learned to block our feelings, then we'll tighten in the lower belly. So a lovely little movement just to free the lower belly is just as you're sitting, just rock your pelvis forward and back. Yeah. And as the pelvis rocks forward, take a breath into your belly. Okay. So and that's like quite a simple, gentle it. movement, isn't it, Rhonda? Yes, it's a very gentle movement. And it's it's done with awareness of how, like, as you're sitting there, there are little bones that you sit on. And, and can you feel yourself rocking over those bones? Can okay. you sense what happens in the rest of your body as you move your pelvis? Yeah. Then, and do you do that movement while you're standing or while you're sitting? Uh, sometimes we start with them lying lying down because when we're sitting and standing, we go back into our habits. It's not easy to change our old patterns yeah. when we're sitting and standing. So we'll often do them in, in a lying position to start with. Yes. And then then the, the uh, once the body's lying down, it can... It, it feels safe and it can let go a lot of the okay. holding that happens yep. in in um, in normal life. So yeah. Okay. So I actually want to um, start at the beginning of your life, and I'd like you to tell our listeners about your childhood, Rhonda. Uh, well, I, w I was brought up just after the war with yes. uh, with fairly disturbed, dysfunctional parents. Yes. We'd been through the war, and uh, so I kind of think of myself as this little, like bright little seed, <laughs> like yes. plant planted in, yes. the, in the soil, wasn't very nurturing yeah. and nourished. And so I learned very young to close down. And my uh, my mother was an alcoholic and had lots of physical oh. physical problems as well. And so the combination yes. of of the painkillers and the alcohol really uh, sent her crazy. And so I lived in a lot of fear. And so um, how old were you during that time, Rhonda? I think that would happen from my birth, really. Oh. Um, and so, so I learnt very young um, what I needed to do to keep safe was to build a wall around a protection around myself. Yeah. Uh, to to uh, protect me. Yes. And and that kind of worked while I was young. Yeah. Um, you know, I became a fairly high achiever. I had a strong yes. mind. 
and did well at school. Yeah. Uh, then when I grew up and got married, uh, I had yes. several marriage breakdowns. Yeah. I had accidents and injuries, which um, which kind of undid this this um, mantle of protection that I'd put around yes. myself. The shell broke open, yeah. and I was forced to face a deeper part of myself that I had hidden away. And um, that's what led me to do the work that I do. I um, yeah. I became interested in Feldenkrais through a, a, I had a bad car accident when I was 21 and got yes. hit by a truck and had head injuries and. Um, <sighs> Years later, had very bad headaches and uh, yeah. and had lots of various treatments that did help for a while. But as soon as I got stressed, those patterns would come back and I'd get the pain again. And it wasn't until I uh, learned about Feldenkrais that I yeah. discovered that that when I whenever I got stressed, what happened? My body would would kind of like the red the red light would go on and my body yes. would revert back into yeah. a pattern of holding from that yeah. from that injury. And so with the Feldenkrais, I learned to uh, to become aware of what I did. For example, I would twist, tilt my head to the side and raise yes. my left shoulder and, and grip my teeth and hold my, tighten my fist. Ah. And so I, I learned to be able to identify, you know, when I got stressed, those patterns. And, and then I could kind of, uh, with just the awareness and attention, yeah. uh, it's not trying to fix anything. I think it's just something oh, right. magic happens. When you yeah. just become aware of what what it is, and uh, and and so just that, lovingly, yeah. That little movement that you described with your uh, tilting your head, tensing your shoulder, and and gritting your teeth, that's a directly attributed to, uh, I guess perhaps you could call it, an unconscious habit you developed during childhood. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 Yes. And that, um, that's what happens. Uh, and. And we're not aware of that, and it locks us in a box. So we live our lives functioning okay, yes. but not really. And I think, um, especially in, in this time for women, we're being called to uh, our spirits, calling us to rise up and and express who we really are. Absolutely, so, uh, yeah. I absolutely feel mm. that many women are being called to step into what they're supposed to be be doing thinking and saying i i feel that yeah. very strongly Rhonda. um yeah. just back to your childhood uh did your dad go to war sorry so did he, my dad sorry i couldn't hear you did, did my dad what uh, did your dad go to war was he uh, a returned yeah. serviceman yes he was and he yeah. had been married before and um when he came back his um he lost two two children, like at very at a very young age. Yes. yes. And um and then his marriage broke up, and that's when yeah. he met my mother. But he was still legally married to her. Oh. And so, and when when I was born, my mother, um, I don't know what happened, but but she left yes. my father in or in Tasmania, which is a little island at the bottom of Australia. Australia, yes. And, um, and then left me with my grandmother. This is at three months old, and went up to Brisbane to try and make a you know earn a living and so so my foundation wasn't wasn't very very unsteady um, wasn't well I wasn't you know it wasn't the nurturing loving caring yeah. um supportive safe environment and so I did you know like unconsciously <laughs> created a a shell around me to protect me and yeah. uh, and in in my life when I go and do anything new 
it's always the foundations that 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 seem to get rocked. You know, like I'll often yes. create some um, sabotage myself in some way just when I'm about to succeed doing something. Yeah. Like when, yeah. I uh, I learned to sing when I was um, well, really sing when I was 67. I'd just broken up a relationship and I went to a little uh, country town called M- Mullaney yes. and had this wonderful teacher Kim Kirkman who taught yes. me how to sing opera and uh, at 67. I, at 67, yes, and uh, I learned to uh, just two days before I was I was I was going to sing the lead in this opera Dido and Aeneas, yes. and two days before that I uh, sprained my ankle, and oh. um, and just and I uh, fortunately I my I had my Feldenkrais training and yes. uh, and knew what to do to bring myself back. So that I could yeah. sing, and I ended up getting on the stage. I had boots on, but I still was <laughs> still was able to sing. But it's just that, you know, like the terror of the child, like, like going into so, something new, stepping into unknown territory, self sabotage. Yes, it was the foundations that weren't that were the part in me that that needed to be um, constantly laid. And um, and, and I, many times in my life, like when my son was born. Uh, I think again two days before his birth, I put my foot in a yeah. hole and sprained my ankle. So <laughs> kind of these little sabotage things happen, and uh, to to Does stop it, me in my tracks. Yeah. So there's self. Um, there's such a link between mind and body. So for yeah. you, every time yeah. you were stepping out of your comfort zone, it caused. Uh, a bodily reaction is is that my correct yes, understanding? Yes, whatever whatever is isn't healed. I think we go like our our growth is in a spiral pattern, and yes. we go from one one rung of that to the next. But but every yes. time I go to another rung, yes. I face the um, the weakness that was there was in the grounding. So I need yes. to be very careful about building, you know, making sure I ground myself, <laughs> put my feet on the ground, breathe, and do things to keep myself. Connected because that old trauma, that yes. flick can, uh, the switch can just flick. And so you're uh, you're very conscious of it, but a lot of people walk through life without that conscious connection to yes. childhood trauma, your mind mm. and your body. Yes. Yes. Is that where the Feldenkrais method helps the most? Do you think? Very much. Very much. Um, I. Um, it. it the, the Feldenkrais method offers a wonderful um, way of, of it. Uh, Moshe Feldenkrais used to say that health is the ability to recover from trauma. Yes. And yes. recovery is not about returning to the way things were, but yeah. adjusting as efficiently as possible to new circumstances to new and moving forward from there. And then once that trauma, um, some of that is released, then what opens up is the ability to, to create to fulfil our about and unabowed dreams. I yeah. think what happens is trauma locks us in a box and we can't access uh, who we really are. Yeah. And it's like I think the Feldenkrais helps to set our spirit free, to set our body free so that yeah. we can then um, become who we are, who yes. we're meant to be. Yeah. And, and certainly at this time on our planet. Um, There's the, a lot of traumatised people. There are a lot of traumatised people and there are a lot of, people awakening to who they are yes. so that, and like our world is evolving 
to I agree. a better world and, and happily for the feminine spirit to rise up and yes. uh, express itself in the world. And I think the voice is where the power of that expression comes. Yes. Uh, you know, all these things happen to us in our body and we're powerless really to, yeah. Yeah. While, while all that's locked in. And as we start to release that, we start to release our own power. And, yeah. Um, I'm not yeah. sure that um, people readily recognise that trauma changes the way your brain functions and unless you realize recognize and work on that you are as you say locked in a box yes yes that's 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 true yeah so can you tell our listeners a bit more about um i know you discovered the feldenkrais method uh after an accident at 21 but can you tell our listeners a bit more about the actual method what it involves um what sort of training you did that sort of thing mm-hmm. okay so uh the the feldenkrais method involves there's two ways of having um a session you can yes. go to a to a practitioner like I've yes. been practicing Feldenkrais for 30 years yeah. and and hopefully my body is well enough aligned so that when I touch people, I can dance with them. I, I, my other passion apart from singing is dancing and yeah. um, you know, if, if you dance with a, a dancer who's a really good dancer, it's easy yes. to follow yes. and if you dance with somebody who's got two left feet, it's very difficult to yes. you know, dance easily yourself. So. Um, so hopefully it's like dance, dancing with someone. Yeah. And that, that because I know the dance, I can help that person feel yeah. safe enough to unravel those deep unconscious holding patterns that allow them to, to dance their dance as well. Yeah. So that, that yeah. that's one aspect of it. And then mm-hmm. the other aspect is uh, that people can come to classes. And I teach okay. a, a regular class once a week at a place called the Relaxation Centre of Queensland. Yes, but there are, many, there are many classes all over the world. I saw somebody said, "Is it in the United States?" And yes. it definitely is. It's very, very well known in the United States. Building Christ. And I'll just I'll spell the I'll spell the method for our listeners. It's F E L D E N K R A I S method. That's F E L D E N K R A I S. And if you're in the United States, I would just Google that. Or is there a better way, Rhonda, for people outside of uh, Australia to just, find out? Just, just, just Google that. And there, yes. are, there are lots of trainers in America. Uh, in fact, when I did my training, we had American trainers come over here and okay. train us. Uh, yeah, but now we have our own Australian trainer with a wonderful lady, Julie Peck. Yes. And uh, she's, just, she's just written actually a new book called Moving from the Inside Out. Yeah. And it's a wonderful uh, a wonderful book to help people yeah. do exactly that release the trauma from their past and 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 live their unavowed dreams live the potential you know express yeah. that potential that's there yeah yeah the method was it um where was it developed Rhonda? do you know uh, sorry what did you say where was the feldenkrau method developed uh it was developed by the, the Feldenkrais name comes after yeah. is named after a man Moshe Feldenkrais. Yes, he was a Russian-born Jew. Okay. And, uh, so there's some he, trauma he, for you. Yes, yes. So he he came 
through a lot of struggle and trauma in his own life, in his early life, the persecution of the Jews. In fact, he led a group of, of 50 students, uh, young young people at 14 years of, years of age from where he was living to a safer place uh, because of persecution. And yeah. uh, he, he became a judo master to, you know, like in self-defense to protect himself. Yes. So, yes, yes. And it, so he was a scientist. So he yeah. understood movement from the scientific, you know, mathematical kind of how, how a body functions and things. Yeah. But he also understood yeah. it from the aesthetic uh, um, practice of the martial arts. Yeah. And, uh, when he was, he used to play soccer when he was young and he, he um, eradicated the crucial ligaments in his knee. Yeah. And was told by doctors that if they operated in those days in the 1940s, he would have a stiff knee. Yes. And so he said, thanks, but no thanks. And he discovered, yeah. he, he went and explored what, could he, what he could do to himself. And one thing he found was that some days his knees hurt more than others. And uh, he wondered why that was. And he found out that when he was stressed, yeah. um, that, that his knee was worse. And so he, he looked to see, well, what, what was he doing in his body when his knee got stressed? And he realised that he, well, he might have been holding his ribs tight or tightening his jaw, and that oh. affected how his knee functioned. Yeah. And so he developed he – his wife was a paediatrician and he used to watch children moving yes. and, uh, and thought, well, why do they – you know, if, we, if we've got a brain that can learn all through life, how come children move with such ease and grace and what on earth happens to us when we get older? How come we lose our functioning? And yeah. – uh, so his exploration was to go back and and uh, rewire his own brain with the movements that a baby does to to roll, crawl, creep, and do all these little movements. So he could um, learn to function better himself. And he never had that operation on his knee. And uh, yeah. and he lived with he lived with like it. it I don't think it ever healed, you know, in terms yeah. of because the crucial ligaments were eradicated. But he certainly learned to yeah. function around that um, around that injury. And I think that's yeah. what happens to us in our in our lives. We, you know, things have happened to us. Like uh, 15 years ago, I broke my collarbone in the in the surf. Yeah. The bones yeah. have never united, but yeah. I I to function well with a um and it's called a non-union clavicle. Yes. And, yes. And I've I've learned to sing despite that. You know, kind yes. of like we uh, we learn to do, um, you know, to, to function. Yeah. Um, yeah. Optimally, even in despite the difficulties, and I think probably in spite, you know, because of the difficulties, we get it. Yeah. It yeah. brings our awareness to ourselves. Yeah. So one of our listeners so, going. So you're saying we forget how to do the things we learned, and uh, when we get old. Yeah. So well, we kind of do sort of like if you if you sit at a computer all day, and you yes. bend over over the desk. Yeah. Your brain gets that pattern. So when you go to lift your arm up, you know. Um, to put your clothes on the line or to yes. um, lift something above you, your body's forgotten <laughs> how to do it with the ease and grace of a child. So, like, a ch children yeah. move in all directions. They do. Mm -hmm. and, uh, mm -hmm. But as we get older, we lock ourselves into certain movements and we get stuck in a groove. Yeah. And, uh, and so uh, – and then forget how to move and parts of ourselves just drop out imperceptibly. We don't realise that we can't do it. And suddenly one day we, we're bent over. We're at the yes. computer and pokes out and our shoulders are bent over and yeah. it hurts to lift yeah. our arm. I, I see so many people with frozen shoulders and, you know, problems because yes. they, they just, you know, crouched over something all day and and don't know how to put their shoulders back. And 
Yeah. And uh, whereas in in countries where, like in in um, in Africa, for instance, the women carry these loads on their head and their they their do. spine, lovely, tall, long. They're out in the fields all day doing things. They're not sitting at computers like we are. Yes. So yes. Uh, yeah, we do forget. How, yeah. how to use ourselves and but we the good news is that we can learn relearn how to use yes. ourselves better yeah so yeah. the founder of the the method one of our listeners wants to know was he able to crawl on a bad knee yes yeah sorry so I, he, I couldn't one of our listeners says um the the founder uh feldenkrai uh, was he yes. able to crawl on a bad knee no 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 he yeah. couldn't crawl on a bad knee Yes, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, he learnt to crawl, did you say? Yeah, they want to know if he learnt to crawl, relearnt to crawl on a bad knee. Uh, well, um, see, the whole body is connected when you move, so he did actually, he could actually crawl on a bad knee because he, he. Um, so what happens when we get an injury, often the whole body gets tight. Yes. And uh, But because he knew how that connection was happening, how that, like, the transmission yes. of force went through his whole body. When he put yeah. weight on his knee, and it, it acted as a shock absorber in a sense, and, yeah, yeah. and the weight was trans, transferred through through the rest of his spine. Yeah. Um, I can remember um, years ago when I left my husband, I went down south to see my daughter, and I put my foot in a hole and broke a bone in my foot. Wow. And I just, and I just, I just happened to be going to a Feldenkrais training and I was limping along <laughs> and my, yeah. the trainer said to me, if you can find a way of organising yourself directly over that foot so that your whole spine is supported and the transmission of force goes directly through the skeleton, it won't hurt. And I did that. I was just, I was just completely amazed. I wouldn't have believed it if somebody, you know, so, but, so, I, so then I would explore how do I walk um, organising myself well through that foot. Uh-huh. Rather than trying to limp and protect the foot, and, yes. Um, yeah. So, uh, so we kind incredible. of like, yeah, free free the whole body to help mm-hmm. that part that's 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 um, not functioning so well. Yeah. So before we go to the break in the last couple of minutes, and when we come back after the break, we're going to talk about um, women's shine and a few other things. What sort of results have you seen in people you've treated with the Feldenkrais method? Oh, I've probably worked with thousands of people over the last 30 yeah. years. Yeah. Um, I, I've, well, it, Feldenkrais, like a lot of the people that I get um, – have physical injuries of some yes. sort, yes. and and just by I teach them how like, look and see what you know whatever the problem is. They might have a sore knee or a sore neck or something, yes. and um, yeah. in a couple of sessions they can learn to turn that pain around. Usually, unless it's some deep chronic thing that has a lot of underlying yeah. issues involved in it, but um, mm-hmm. they can learn to move more easily with more grace and yeah. um, very quickly. I've worked a lot with people with brain injuries, um, stroke victims, um, people who have, uh, you know, cerebral palsy, epilepsy, whatever. uh, And have you seen results in those people too? Yes, yes, yes. I've got a wonderful client. He's um, in his 60s now and I've worked with him for the last, since I was a beginning practitioner of 30 years. I don't see him so often now, but um, he's become a, He's a very well functioning. He works in the solicitor's office, 
And I remember one time he came to see me and he was going to, like, he's, he's quite, um, he's quite cerebr- deeply in the cerebral yes. palsy, not able to yes. walk so well or speak yeah. so well, but had a, had a wonderful mind. And he came along and said, I was, I've cancelled my trip over, over to England because I haven't got anybody to go with me. Oh. And, and we talked about it and I said, you know, like I just got him to ground and feel himself. And I said, Any, uh, anyway, I talked about, about other possibilities of, yeah. and he actually went. He And, and so like for me, that seeing how, how fearful he was yes. with his disability and thinking that it would stop him doing something and then yes. seeing how he could actually step beyond that. And, and move out and, and go to, you know, to wonder, wanted to watch the cricket in England, I think. Yes. And uh, so he did that. And then since then he's been he on went. many trips and, 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 you know, like step beyond the yeah. limitations he thought about that he had about himself. And, yeah. yeah. And um, so I, I work with people to, to help them find what I love doing is helping people find their voice. I think what I yes. notice when um, I work with people is that, you know, their pain in the neck who, you know, it was relating to something that was going on. They weren't saying something or someone was a yes. pain in the neck in their lives. And yes. so uh, by dealing with the emotions and the, and the not the emotions, well, the emotions, but dealing yes. with the yes. getting them to express, even making little sounds like taking a breath in and going, ah, just that uh-huh. helps bridge that connection between the mind and the body because what happens is we can feel our feelings but lock them inside and not express yes. them. Yes. That creates a, a certain loop in the brain. Yes. And so um, and I think that was my journey too. Like I had very deep feelings, locked them away and didn't yes. express them and, yes. and um, held a lot of secrets inside. So yeah. learning learning that was an important thing. And so I delight in helping people find their voice and uh, and, and finding the way they can move freely and, and create a, the life of their dreams, like just to, Absolutely. to, yeah, to go so, beyond the limitations and and uh, find what it is that's in their heart to do and what move they're forward. passionate about. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So we're just going to throw to a little bit of break. And if you're okay to stay with us, Rhonda, I've got some more questions for you after the break. Okay. Yes. All right. Over to you, Rebel. Keeping the conversation going on the suppressed social and moral issues, this is Radio Tony on W4WN. Join Tony Lontis, author of Resilience, memoir of a broken little girl discovering a woman of strength and beauty. Radio Tony uncovers and exposes the social and moral issues of our time, bringing social consciousness to the airwaves. You're not alone with your secrets. Let's talk trauma and resilience. Radio Tony with Tony Lontis, Thursday evenings from 7pm Eastern Standard Time on W4WN. Keep the conversation going. Directory assistant. Call Radio Tony. Hello. 561-623-9421 on W4WN Radio Guest Skype.
Radio Tony on W4WN, a platform for the unheard. And welcome back to our listeners. And uh, we've got the wonderful Rhonda Olsen on our show this morning. And she's been talking to us about the Frumdlingkraa method and its uh, inventor and how it helps people. And so now, just after the break, um, how, uh, Rhonda's having a few problems with her earphones, but I'm just checking to see. Can you hear me now, Rhonda? Uh, yeah, I, I can hear you, but it's like, um, that's why I haven't, it, it's not as clear as it when it comes through my earphones. I have no idea why it's not coming through my earphones, but um, anyway. Okay. So, so sorry if I ask you to repeat things. <laughs> it's just a- that's no problem at all. So um, we've been talking with you about the Feldenkrais method. And so from there and listening to your beautiful voice, which you're telling me that you only learnt to sing at 67? I learned to sing the opera. Like I could always, I always had a sweet voice. Yes. And was always musical. Yes. But to actually find the power in my voice, it took le- learning the opera. And, uh, and it was because of, like, usually it, my singing teacher used to say it takes people 20 years to do what I did in two years. And, yes. Uh, and I know it was because of the Feldenkrais. Uh, yeah. Being able to, to look and see, well, Kim would ask me to do something and I would, I would look to see, well, how was I organising myself not to do it and how could I organise my body so that I could do it? Uh, For example, one of the things was um, uh, when you sing, you use uh, the lower ribs a lot, like like, and as that sound happens, uh, the the ribs, uh, look, if if I have my hands on my ribs, and yes. I make a zzz, zzz sound. What's supposed to happen is that that pushes out. But what I was doing was pulling in, right. and like pulling myself in, and that's kind of like how I live my life. Not you know like trying to shrink away from everybody, not saying no, not setting my own boundaries, not ever feeling I had any right to ask for more. And so when he showed me this movement, I said, I said, well, I can't do it. And and oh. he got me to put my hands on his ribs. And I yep. could feel what he was doing, like this big you know, balloon, <laughs> just yeah, yeah. pushing out. Yeah. But uh, yeah. and then, um, so I went home and I thought, well, what what's stopping me? And I realised what was stopping me was that I was uh, trying to hold everything in my my diaphragm, which is like a mini trampoline in the middle of the body, was really tight. My ribs couldn't move; I, they were kind of like like a cage rather than free like an accordion. So I did lots of Feldenkrais movements to free up my ribs and and, uh, the, and the diaphragm. And then I tried to do this movement again and I could do it and then I started adding the sounds to it. So I went back for my next lesson Yeah. and Kim, Kim was amazed and said, how did you do that? And I said, well, it's because of my my Feldenkrais awareness. <laughs> I yes. learned to, yes. yeah. And, and also I, I had this um, wonderful therapist who, uh, called Dr. Louise Carroll, who did Hakomi with me. And uh, she, uh, Hakomi is a, a therapy where they look at what, what you're doing in your body. So I would go into her and I'd have my hands up as if to say stop. But yes. I wasn't even aware that I was doing that. And she would say to me, what's this? And she'd take me into the feeling of it. And so I unraveled a lot of the, you know, the, the reasons from my childhood, yes. the box where those, where those 
um, patterns happened in my body yeah. where I learned to yeah. say stop and, and nothing ever happened. Like, you know, like yeah. um, it could have been my mother hitting me or treading yes. on my face or something that, yeah. that where I'd learned to just totally hold myself in, in like freezing. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. so – so there were these frozen box, box of energy. So I'd work with, with Louise and then I would make sounds to release these feelings. So the sounds and the movements re- would release my body and I'd go back to Kim and I'd be able to sing. And, and uh, so that's kind of like that went on for, for several years. And, okay. And, and I, I was in a choir with Kim as, or a couple of choirs and I noticed the people in the choir were doing what I was doing, you know, pulling in when he would go. So I started teaching classes. So for for a couple of years, I taught every week a little class um, to to help people free their body so their voice could be free. Yeah, yeah. And so, so then I decided that I'd um, write a book (laughs) about all this, and I I made a little uh, an online course to help people. Yeah. you know, free their body, free their voice. And uh, so... So before uh, we talk about your book, how uh-huh. is the Feldenkrais and Hakomi methods different or are they similar? They're, they're similar in the, in, the, in the fact that both look at the sensations in the body and yes. presence you in the moment. Yeah. And, uh, but the Hakomi uh, does that through... Uh, not not through body movements, right? Uh, but but it's sort of like it's it's through just being aware. So okay. it's the same idea of se- being aware of sensations yeah. and things. But the Feldenkrais actually uh, does that as well. But but actually repatterns in a different way. Like Hakomi, okay. there, are, there are lots of aspects of that. Um, uh, so Feldenkrais is more done through the movement, where Hakomi is done through. Awareness. Paying attention to the sensations and through yeah. awareness and being mi- mindful—it's a mindfulness practice, which is pretty. That word's pretty big these days. Yes. Um, yes. So I think Feldenkrais, well, he was in the 1940s, created this <laughs> this yes. practice that's become popular today, and that's why I think it has such great usefulness. I, I know when my Hakomi's teacher uh, Louise used to say to me, um, "Because of your Feldenkrais training." This is like water to a duck's back for you. Yes, you know? okay. So they complement yeah. each other. Yes, they complement each other very much. Yeah. Okay. And, uh, yeah. and the, the training of becoming aware of sensations, coming into the moment. Um, like many of us live out, out of our bodies. We're not really there. We're not really present. We've built a mask mm-hmm. and we think that's who we are, but that's not really who we are. And, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So tell me about your website, Women Shine. My website. Okay. So, well, my website just has um, on it, there are lots of uh, connect. Well, yes. I, I say what, what Women Shine is. I talk about the online yes. training that I do. Um, I, so, I anyone, around, anyone around the world can go onto your website and do a little course? Yes. Yes, they okay. can. Yes, yeah. And I do, like, there's an online course that people can have access. There's 45 little videos in it. I take people through what I call building the rainbow bridge. Yes. uh, And start with how do we ground ourselves. So that's a red bridge. And and so I show ways that we unground ourselves and then ways that we can ground ourselves. And 
and then I have little songs that relate to each each uh, I call them colours, like each each, yes. each building block. Yes, and yes. so the first one is, is is called song is called Standing on Your Own Two Feet. Yeah, and showing people how how important that grounding is and that laying a firm foundation. Unless there unless that is there, there's um the, the body's not going to let go of anything. It's like you know when I see people with say sore shoulders, I'll go to their feet yeah. first because okay. you need that. The, the, the pelvis needs to be well organised. The foundation of support needs to come from the base. It's like yeah. any building. If the base isn't isn't stable, then the top's going to going to crumble at some stage. So yeah. yeah. So the first um, module is about um, you know building that foundation of support yes. and using movements to switch on the nervous system so that uh, we can build a, a new structure. Uh, yeah. In spite of what's happened to us as a child, where yeah. you know, those structures weren't built. So these little modules are they free for our listeners to jump online and have a look at? Um, that you can they can look at some aspects. Like there's little videos there that give yes. an insight into what's in yes. the module, uh, and there's a a little description of what's in the modules there. Yes. And yeah. uh, and uh, then I've also got. Uh, I have a Facebook page where I yes. actually um, place lots of the like every week I'll put something on about, um, for example, a few weeks ago I put on something about how do you how do you do that k k movement. Yeah. Uh, so I showed a little video of how to do that. So so they get a taste of looking at the Facebook page. I'll get a taste of what I do in the in the modules, and then also I have a like the people that are overseas have a, a I talk to them on Zoom. Yes. And, can, and they can have a conversation with me about, well, how do you do this and what's happening? And I can also, I use my voice as well as yeah. um, the yeah. movements. It's something that I've just developed. Uh, I found this out when people were stuck in their body. I'd, I'd try and move them and nothing would happen. So I'd just make little sounds, the sounds that I heard in their body yeah. that could resonate with what I was, what I thought would help move that energy. So so on Skype, that's fairly easy to do. I can, on, on Zoom, yes. I can just easily hone into the person and and make the sounds that help move the energy because um, we're, we're vibratory beings and we're you yes. know, like these are moving all the time so yeah um, so sound. our listeners could jump onto the website and contact you directly is that right yes Rhonda? yes yeah you've got a, yes. a contact yes. Rhonda yes. Uh, platform on the on the website excellent yes. and how do they find you on Facebook uh, there's a link, um, just, just finding Rhonda Olson to start with, or I've got yep. a, a, a Facebook page called um, Empowering Women Through Feldenkrais and Voice. Yeah. And so yep. uh, both of those links will take you to the Facebook page. And then in the in the actual course itself, I have a closed group where people yep. um, communicate with me and we have little, you know, interactions in, on that yeah, as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So also on the website there is a video where at the, at, where I talk about the my journey and and the program and then offer people a free um, session to a okay. discovery session okay. see okay. where okay. we you know what whether we could work together to unravel the blocks of their past and and how we would go proceed from that. Okay, yeah. I'm just going to put your links into the chat box for our listeners to have a look at. 
um, if they want to connect with Rhonda. Now, back to your book. Yes. Can you tell our listeners about your book. Yes. Um, I'm so excited. I launched this a few weeks ago yes. at the Relaxation Centre and I had about 40 people come along. I was so excited. I actually sold yeah. out the first edition of the book. Yes. So. Uh, yeah, so I, it was kind of like people said to me afterwards, well, it was like a show rather than a book launch because I, what I did was I told the story yes. of my journey and sang the songs and uh, and did some little movements and things. And so yeah. it was kind yeah. of entertaining, I suppose, <laughs> for people as well. as. But I, the, the book is kind of, um, it has three parts to it. It has it has an, uh, a snapshot of, of yes. my story. Yeah. Uh, to illustrate whatever they, I call it, I call it turning the, using your body, sovereign woman, use your voice and body to turn your pain into power. Yeah. So I look at, well, what is the grit and dirt of your life? What yes. is it that you're holding on to? And how do you turn that into pearls of wisdom? Yeah. Uh, using yeah. Using the Christ method and using sound. Yeah. And so, uh, so, yeah, like each chapter has that it's just a little snapshot of the story and then little tips, exercises that they can do for themselves, building Christ movements and things that they, to rewire their brain yeah. so that yeah. – um, and then a little song. So the, the whole book goes through that. And then at the end of the book I I talk about, well, what's next for you, kind of like what I think is once we – once we have shine all those colours, you know, like and, yes. and build all those building blocks, yeah. um, we can walk across the rainbow bridge and and uh, claim our sovereignty. Yeah, uh, yeah. Be, yeah. Be who we really are rather than being um, the damsel in distress or, you know, yeah. or the victim of our life. We can be the diva or the sovereign of our lives. And and then when we discover how, how we can do that, like for me it was singing and now it's writing the book. And yeah. uh, and then I in the last chapter I called it leave your legacy. What do we what do we contribute? What is it that we can leave for our family, our friends, our, and the world? You know, yeah. to, uh, from what we've learned. And yeah. so uh, I had a um, my my publisher yeah. from a school MJL Publications, and I did this little course with her, and and, and she talked about we've all got a message. We've all got something of value, things that we've learnt from life, and 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 yes. uh, and even if so, only one person reads the book, it's worth you know speaking Julie. that message. It touches one person. So, uh, so I I wrote the book to um, to I think it was to make meaning of of what had happened to me in yes. my life, and also to share that with others and and help other people shine their own light really and express who they really are to make the world a better place. Yeah, yeah, that helped making the world better place. Um, where can our listeners get your book, Rhonda? Uh, they can they can find it on the website, um, yes. and so you can just click and buy it there, or they can just email me, and I can if they close by, I can send them. I can do it that way, like W. Yes. Or yes. My yep. email address is womanshine at gmail dot com. Yeah. And uh, or just go to the website. Yeah. I will put it up again. So it's womanshine at gmail.com. Put that on the chat box now for our listeners listening. So I also understand that you do some workshops. Can you tell us about some of your workshops, Rhonda? Yes, I I just did a workshop recently at at my book launch. My singing teacher and I used 
came did a workshop called Joyful Creation, um, yeah. Claim yeah. Sovereignty, Turn Your Pain Into Power. And uh, yeah. it's a wonderful workshop. And in, when I was in Mulaney, we used to do these every so often. We did about six or seven of them. Yeah. Um, and I would do the movements to free the body and Kim would do the movements to free the voice and then, then we create songs together and and, yeah. um, and things. Yeah. So it was a, a wonderful, joyful time. So this workshop, we had about 30 people came along and there's a little video of it. It's on a YouTube um, link about just showing little snapshots of that that people could have a look at. And yeah. uh, that, that's on my website as well. And uh, so, uh, so yeah, so it was just um, it's. I think there's a look when when two people come together in a heart space, you know, with a with like I think Kim is a master of what he does, and I'm I yes. hope that I'm mastering what I'm doing with Bell and Christ, and you come together and you, a synergy happens, and something yes. greater than the sum of the parts emerges, and so yes, yes, yeah. So. With your book writing, your workshops, your uh, website, what else do you find time to do, Rhonda? <laughs> well, I sing and I dance. I, I belong to a choir called the Cupac Choir. Uh, oh, okay, is, yes. And we just did a, a rock concert on Monday, Tuesday night. We had a in the concert hall. It was completely full of people, yes. and uh, and uh, but we do other things, not just rock concerts. <laughs> we did a song. <laughs> so, what healing. was the rock concert called? Uh, it was it was it was it was just called rock rock opera or something. Okay, rock opera. Yeah. So it was, yeah. It was it was songs of the like the Beatles, Queen, Bon Jovi, Pink Floyd, all those kind of songs. We did them in the medleys and four part harmonies and things, and so it was fun. Oh wow! And, uh, you know, there were there were over two hundred of us in the choir, so yes. that's the magic of voices coming together, like you know, yes. creating this amazing, like you know, singing singing yeah. in harmony with one yeah. another. And sort of like a metaphor for life, really. If we can do that, like it sounds like one voice isn't singing in the wilderness, but when it's all together, it creates all an amazing. Together creates magic. Did anyone create. um, video your show by any chance? I don't know whether they did or not. Um, there may there may be at least photos of it, but um, yeah. I haven't seen any just yet. But um, yeah. Well, it sounds like it was lots of fun for you. Yes, it was. A few months ago, we did that Songs for Hope, uh, um, a concert called Songs for Hope and Healing, and that was um, just after the the um, awful thing happened in New Zealand. So oh, yes, yes, we must, yeah. been dedicated yeah. to to that, um, and people gave us a standing ovation at the end, saying, "Yeah, it was just cool. wonderful." So yeah, yeah. Just, so I think when you you know reach out with your heart, that's what to me that's what the voice is. It's like. Yes. Christ to say that the last part of the body to to integrate was around the heart, but that connection between the heart and the throat. And so yes. uh, as everything else falls into line, then the heart can open and we can move forward with our heart. And then that that energy is a, is the strongest energy and the most powerful energy that connects with everything in a yeah. in a hologram yeah. way. So yeah. yeah, yeah. So what have you got planned in the future, Rhonda? What are you what are you going to do in the next twelve months? Uh, and no, well, I thought about that. <laughs> life, <laughs> Rest I, after writing that book. <laughs> life just seems to happen to me somehow. I, I don't actually plan. Like I had no idea that I would ever be singing an opera, you know. So um, yes. sometimes life, life, there's doors open and I just step through them like coming onto your show with one of those. <laughs> like, yeah. One of those opportunities. So, just, so I've been... 
I think, well, what I, what I think I'm going to do is, is um, uh, consolidate what I've done, you know, like this, yes. um, just get my book out there and the, and get yes. people, um, you know, knowing about the online course and the, and the workshops and things that I do. And uh, and some of this is only and, and happening for some of these big things are only happening for you and and I don't want to sound ageist but but you're seventy now, Rhonda. Yes, I'm seventy. And, <laughs> and you've just written your first book. You're singing yeah. in operas after only learning opera singing a few years ago. So. Yeah. Uh, just for our listeners, um, it goes to show that age should never be a barrier, should it, Rhonda? No, no. And and I, I feel younger in some ways than I ever have. I feel like I've just come into myself now. Yes. That, uh, that I, I, I feel like a lot of my life I've been like a, a handicapped horse, you know, in a race. It's yes. kind of like come through life with all this baggage and, and it's been quite a struggle, whereas now... I feel free a lot, a lot of that baggage, and uh, and able to to create joyful things in my life. Yeah. yeah, and that's not to say you haven't been joyful or happy uh, throughout your life. No. It just there's something special that comes with age and uh, wisdom and and freedom, I guess. Yes, yes, yeah, and I think too that ability to tune into. Uh, like it, what's what's merging, what's rising is that feminine energy on the planet. And for us, our, my generation, anyway, there's um there wasn't a lot of that when I was young. You know, it was a fairly patriarchal system, and it was. Uh, yeah. so we were repressed. And, and it's like and now we can come out of our shell. Yeah. Yeah. Essentially, for women in that age bracket, there there were only certain jobs that you were encouraged to do. The society was very patriarchal. Um, yeah. There was you were sort of put into a box, weren't you? And this is what yeah. you can do in your life. And it's wonderful to hear that you're discovering all these things that you can do and showing yeah. the rest of us uh, how to live gloriously um, as yeah. we age. Um, yes. Because yeah. Yeah. truthfully, right. uh, the, yeah. you've still got many, many, many years of yeah. life left on this planet. Um, mm. And imagine what you can accomplish in the next yes. 30 years. Yes, I think... Um, well, I, I believe that like this is the co-creation with, um, you know, with that feminine spirit, if you like to call yes. it that. that yes. uh, and it, it's like I'm open to whatever that, whatever emerges with that, yes. you know, it's yes. like what's what's next to play with and to, yeah. and to yeah. create. And, yeah. So do you mind me asking, do you have two children, I understand? I have two children and three grandchildren. Yes. Three grandchildren. Uh-huh. So, um, I, I guess as a grandparent, you can impart some of this knowledge and wisdom uh, onto your grandchildren as well. Yeah. Yes, I I was um, when I sang in the opera, all my family were there for one oh. of the we had performances, but they were there for one. That was the greatest joy just to see in the front row my family and my little granddaughter was five at the time and she she filmed it some of it like so there's little yes. snippets of something there's a, something on my facebook page where she i'm singing by all that's good no more or something and so she filmed this little clip and that was and then my grandson at christmas time he said he, he sang a little song silent night and with his beautiful voice 
Yeah. And I just said to him, listen, don't wait till you're 70, James, to let that voice out. <laughs> you know, so, so the grandchildren so I, I, are singing as well? Yes, they, they very, like, they learn music as well as they sing and yeah. and little granddaughter dances and yeah. so they and James plays the cello and piano and both and Selena Eloise plays the um, violin and piano and and oh, they love music wow. and so and their father's a very good musician so so hopefully that creativity will come through and the expression of who they really are I think to the school system I, I I became a high school teacher in my first life and yes. uh, and just. Um, one of the things it was kind of like um, yeah. you have to live in a box and you have to play by the rules well, in yes. those days. And yes. that's one of the reasons I got out of teaching and yeah. Moshe Feldman says we're not really taught to think for ourselves. Uh, so um, and he, he that part of what he was trying to do, get people to get out of their box to think for themselves. Yeah. And yeah. I just saw a little message there, does music run in my family? Um, yes, but it's never been expressed. Like oh, never, wow. never come out really. Like um, I think my father used to sing and play the mouth organ, but never really trained. None of us were ever trained in music. Yeah. And, and that wasn't actually encouraged. But I think, I think that's what it is. That creative spark. Yeah. John Bradshaw once said in the, in his book The Homecoming, he said yeah. three things are striking about inner child work. Uh, he says John Bradshaw, the speed with which people change and the power and cre- creativity that result when the yes. wounds from the are healed yes. and so so I think because I've healed a lot of these wounds now from the past my creative gift can come forth and, yes. and, and that's, you can that's show I, others yes can show others and that's what I, I love to do to see how others that have been held down and repressed can actually start to shine and, yeah. and become who they really are well, Rhonda, I'm, we are out of time already um, and I just want to say thank you so much for coming on Radio Tony today. It's been an absolute pleasure listening to your journey and I'm so sure that our listeners have gleaned wonderful information from you. Um, I'm sure this won't be our last chat, um, but thank you so much for coming on Radio Tony today. Um, And I will talk to you again soon, Rhonda. Over to you, Rebel. Thank you so much, Tony. I really enjoyed being with you. (laughs) My pleasure, Rhonda. Radio Tony on W4WN, a platform for the unheard. Resilience, memoir of a broken little girl discovering a woman of strength and beauty is the new book from Australian author Tony Londis. Available in paper, ebook, and audiobook formats, Resilience is the true life story of Tony experiencing and surviving trauma, abuse, mental health issues, and the ultimate betrayal of someone she fell in love with. Exposing moral issues you may have dealt with too. Read how hope and happiness triumph in her life. Available at Amazon.com and all good online retailers. Radio Tony on W4WN. Your safe space for tough conversations. It's never too late to grow your brain. You don't have to live in so much pain. It's never too late to grow your brain.
Grow your brain, grow your brain, grow your brain. You know you can learn to change your mind. You really can leave your past behind. No, it's never too late to change your mind. Change your mind, change your mind, change your mind. Coax your brain cells into action. You will get such satisfaction doing movements which give you pleasure. Move and groove at your leisure. You know you can learn to light your spark. You don't have to stay there in the dark. It's never too late to light your spark. Light your spark, light your spark, light your spark. Of course, you can learn to move anew. It all depends on your point of view. No, it's never too late to learn to move anew. Move anew, move anew, move anew. Coax your brain cells into action. You will get such satisfaction doing movements which give you pleasure. Move and groove at your leisure. One step at a time, and it will seem you'll be in a place you've never dreamed. No, it's never too late to dare to dream. Dare to dream, dare to dream, dare to dream. Radio Tony with Tony Lontis, author of Resilience, memoir of a broken little girl discovering a woman of strength and beauty. Available now on Amazon.com and in all good bookstores. Welcome back. You're listening to W4WN today and you're on the radio with Tony Lontis, your host for Radio Tony. This morning we've had the pleasure of talking to the wonderful Rhonda Olsen about her journey um, and I've left her contact details in the chat messages at W4WN. For those of you, we've also been listening to Rhonda's powerfully beautiful voice singing today. Again, um, I've left her email address in the chat box if you want to get in contact with Rhonda. So in our next segment, I thought I'd do something a little bit new. So at the beginning of the show, I bring you world news. And for the next part of the show, I thought I'd tell you some good news happening across the world. So today, according to Instagram, a California restaurant is hoping to bring friends and family members together by asking them to lock away their cell phones in exchange for free pizza. The Curry Pizza Company is offering the talk to each other discount to every group of four or more people. The Fresno Pizza Pizziera says that they are abstaining from giving the discount to smaller groups because visitors tend to look at their phones less when there are fewer people. Each member of the group must relinquish their cell phone and allow it to be stashed in a storage area for the duration of their visit in order to receive the discount. After they're finished with their meal, Patrons can either receive a free large pizza to take home with them or they can claim their pizza pie during their next visit. 
since the pizzeria also gives away free meals to the homeless each week, visitors can opt to donate their free pizza to the hungry. What a wonderful initiative by this Fresno Pizza Company. And it would be good to see more of these things happening across our planet. In health news, doctors are always worrying about matching blood types. And this may soon be a thing of the past. Scientists have developed a revolutionary technique for making a universal blood type. Why is this important? Three quarters of the world's population have one of four different types of blood. And those types include A, B, AB or O. The first three blood types each carry different strains of antigens and antibodies on the surface of the blood cells, which provoke different immune responses. So, for example, someone with A-type blood given B-type blood will have a powerfully horrible reaction. Since certain type A blood cells provoke immune, immune responses against type B blood cells, they have thus been able to mix those blood types. They're completely incompatible for operations and treatments without the patient suffering a dangerous autoimmune reaction. The O blood type, or often considered the universal blood type, because it only contains neutral antigens that can safely interact with other antigens of other blood types. So that means that people with type A blood, type B blood and type AB blood can all receive O type blood without any reaction. Now, however, in a groundbreaking new study from the University of the British British Columbia, researchers say that they have managed to identify a bacterial enzyme that can neutralise antigens and render their immune responses harmless. Interestingly, the researchers discovered the bacteria inside our own gut. Upon mixing the bacteria with type A blood, the bacteria stripped the cells of their aggressive antigens and turned the blood sample into type O universal. That's an exciting step forward in health news this week. And the researchers have published their findings in Nature Microbiology earlier this week. College can be a stressful time for aspiring young academics, but one university has found a perfect solution for easing the minds of anxious students while simultaneously preparing puppies for their own canine careers. Credited at the oldest guide dog school in the United States, the Seeing Eye, is responsible for training hundreds of seeing-eye dogs for the blind every year. Prior to graduating from the famed Canine Academy, however, the young German shepherds, retrievers and Labradors need to be properly trained and prepared for their future roles as guide dogs. That's where Rutgers University comes in. 
the New Jersey School is just one of two colleges in the nation, University of Delaware is the other university participating, that pairs these guide dogs in training with college students. The Rutgers University Seeing Eye Puppy Raising Club, R-U-S-E-P-R-C, typically hosts 10 to 25 student raisers who take on the main responsibility of fostering the puppy while it goes through its preliminary stages of training. Taking care of a rambunctious puppy can be difficult for any pet owner, let alone a student who is already trying to balance a typical college course load. But that's why the club recruits dozens of sitters. In addition to being a junior year student at school, Ethan Sol and his roommate, um, a 20-year-old, the 20-year-old business major, is just one of the club's many sitters who delights in pet sitting the pups as needed. This news today came from the World at Large, a news website reporting on nature, science, health and travel. Also in positive news this week is the news that elephants killed in killed illegally in Africa has dropped. In six years, elephants being killed has dropped from 10% to less than 4%. Encouraging statistics indeed. Attempting to disseminate the overall poaching problem uh, down into its component mechanisms, the researchers analysed annual surveillance data from 53 different states across the African continent between 2002 and 2017, totalling half the African elephants in the world. This is an important step that often stands in the way of people understanding the problem of poaching as it relates to individual communities of elephants rather than as a species as a whole. The research findings published in Science last week highlight the fact that while elephants poaching in the Pan-African is a problem, it's clear that in certain populations they are more targeted while others are growing in size. The herds in national and Kruger National Park and some in Estosha, Nambia, have experienced no poaching at all. What a wonderful thing. One of the major focuses of this paper was the demand for ivory. Ivory has long been used as a precious artesian material in Chinese culture. And the demand for ivory in middle-class China has been a strong predictor of increased elephant poaching during the 21st century. With China's combination of a growing middle-class historical affinity for ivory as an artesian product, the widespread involvement in various African economies and the summarised data of seized inbound ivory supplements, the re shipment, sorry, the research suggests that China is one of the major drivers of elephant poaching. As such, one of the perceived reasons for bounce back in the elephant numbers has been a recent ban on ivory trade in China. In 2017, China made it illegal to trade in ivory and it's considered that a 
popular PSA condemning the trade, uh, and it's considered that condemning the trade in shark fin, rhino horn, and elephant ivory has also been featured in popular commentary by Jackie Chan. Um, and this has been effective in stemming the tide of ivory importation into China. Since the ivory trade is illegal, good market data for the commodity remains inaccessible. So the research measured the supply by analysing large-scale ivory seizures and measured market value by the typical market value price of the illegal ivory. And they've now established that ivory import rates are nearing historical lows and the distribution of poaching across, across the countries means that they have the ability to control supply. This means that the elephant populations across Africa are for the first time starting to increase in numbers. Again, across to China, giant pandas will new soon have a gigantic new nature reserve to call their own and thus ensure the future of their species. The Chinese government is preparing to designate a massive swathe of wilderness as a giant panda nature uh, reserve. The park is set to span 10,476 square miles, which is almost three times the size of Yellowstone National Park. Plans for the park have been set to be finalised in fall and the park has already secured $1.5 billion in funding from the state-owned Bank of China. Officials estimate that the park will be under construction until 2023. Once finalised, the reserve is also expected to boost local economies and help alleviate poverty for 170,000 people living within the designated territory. According to Associated Press, collectively the park will co connect 67 different nature reserves and protected areas in the Shoshuan province. The region is already home to 80% of the wild pandas and a variety of other endangered species. This is much to the relief of conservationists as the giant panda has been reclassified from endangered to threatened in 2016. The giant panda populations have steadily been increasing since their numbers dwindled to dangerous levels in the 1980s. Experts now say the creation of the giant panda nature reserve will enable, enable conservationists to keep a close eye on the species and prevent additional harm from coming to the pandas, especially from climate change. So over to another break with you now, Rebel, and I'll join you after our break with news and our guest for next week. Keep the conversation going. Director assistant. Call Radio Tony. Hello. 561-623-9421 on W4WN Radio Guest Skype. 
Join Tony Londis, author of Resilience, Memoir of a Broken Little Girl, discovering a woman of strength and beauty on the Women for Women Network. Radio Tony uncovers and exposes the social and moral issues of our time, bringing social consciousness to the airwaves. You're not alone with secrets. Let's talk trauma and resilience. Radio Tony is your safe space for these tough conversations. Radio Tony with Tony Lontis. Live from the Gold Coast, Australia. Thursday evenings from 7pm Eastern Standard Time on W4WN. Radio Tony, bringing social consciousness this time every Thursday evening. Live from the Gold Coast, Australia on W4WN. Express the real you. Take off your mask. Express the real you. Let go your past. Just let the light shine in the crack. Shift the beliefs that hold you back. Break the chains that bind you. Leave your past behind you. Express the real you. Trust in yourself. Express the real you. Restore your health. Yes, you can now stand your ground and let your real voice resound. All the wisdom that you are. Yes, you are a shining star. Express the real you. Align your spine. Express the real you. In a spiral design. Standing on your own two feet. Discover where your two halves meet. Yes, it's time to rebirth. And bring your dreams down to earth. Express the real you. Release your fears. Express the real you. And dry your tears. Smile and open your throat. No, you don't have to choke. Let your star power through and express the real you. Radio Tony, difficult conversations and bringing hope to listeners. Live from the Gold Coast, Australia on W4WN. Welcome back, everyone. You're listening to Radio Tony on the W4WN network. And I thought now that I'd tell you a little bit about next week's guest. Next week's guest is a beautiful Mariana Quint. Despite being exposed to poverty, racism, sexual and physical abuse as a child, Mariana Quint made choices that led her on a path to a loving and fulfilling life. Now she's sharing her experiences to inspire others and to create their own destiny. Mariana was born in Oakland, a child of mixed heritage, which where it was not acceptable. She grew up in the rough inner city of Los Angeles, the notoriously violent 
Watts district. The product of a multiracial union left first with relatives and then abandoned and given over to foster care. Her life was struggle at best and a tragedy at worst, suffering from emotional, physical and sexual abuse. She was born with heart and energy of all of her ancestors um, and her story became not one of poverty, crime and loss, but one of victory, joy and abundance. Life may give you a rough beginning, but by making good choices, you create any life we choose. We must never give up, always focusing on a better choice. Mariana's path to love started at an early age when she observed that the world she grew up in, in that dark place, an unwanted child, surrounded by poverty and abuse of all kinds, she heard the voice of love call and in that listening was able to bring into her life loving experiences that brought her into a magical existence of love. Her life and awareness of healing came while working at City of Hope in 1979. During that time, she learned about healing with vitamins. She was so excited with the new, this new knowledge uh, that she was receiving um, that she uh, decided that she could, once she knew better, she could do better. From that journey of being a mother seeking to heal her daughter, her spiritual journey began, first with vitamins, then with herbs, finding with the learning and healing energy, and then in 1979, she discovered healing and numerology and continued to grow in knowledge and gifts. She was soon after introduced and observed to be a healer. She knew she was a healer and started healing people at every opportunity. In 1986, her spiritual growth grew to the form of a stronger intuition called crystal healing, channeling and spiritual healing and channeling. She began working with others, either through counsel, numerology or just in conversation. She found that whenever she spoke to people, their issues would heal from desire to a better job, a better relationship or a course in health and inner well-being. In 1986, she also discovered her greater healing gift and began to listen to her spiritual guidance through inner guidance and vision. Um, and she was taught how to achieve further healing. She trusted her guidance and began to see some wonderful healing in others. She uses the numerology or work with numbers to open the door for understanding how others heal. She's also a happiness consultant, which goes hand in hand with all her other gifts. Her work is totally healing from no matter what, no matter what form it takes. And she has done many healings across Australia um, to California and anywhere across the world, including Greece, Cambodia. Many illnesses, both physical and emotional, can be healed. Um, and she's been able to heal people from Bell's palsy with bad backs, painful abdomen, abdomens, heart headaches, heartaches and broken bones. Uh, she believes that you should be living a life fully healed, fully loved. And she teaches courses on loving, living and healing across Hawaii, California, Oregon, Arizona, 
England, Greece, Germany, Fiji, Australia, Cambodia, Taiwan, Bali, Sri Lanka and Thailand. And she brings a message of hope and love to everyone. She lives in Queensland, Australia now. So before we close out the program for today, I thought I'd take the opportunity to read from my own book, Resilience, Memoir of a Broken Little Girl Discovering a Woman of Strength and Beauty by me, Tony Lontith. And today I'll start with the prologue. If I ever tell you about my past, it's never because I wanted you to feel sorry for me, but so that you can understand why I am who I am. Unknown. For years I sensed that something was wrong in my life. Something was out of alignment. Something wasn't quite right. This did not fit the picture of what the world saw or gave commentary to. People I knew coveted my perfect life commenting on my good fortune of finding a man with so many endearing traits. People were envious of our lives. To all, I seemed to have a charmed existence. The bad relationships from the past were over, replaced by a man who loved and adored me and my children, who worked hard in a good job to provide for all of us. A man who raised money for charities who encouraged me to pursue a career, even if that took me away from my children. A man who could cook and clean and iron and who had skills I valued as a working mum. A man who kissed me goodbye each morning, who hugged me and told me he loved me each day. A man who was charming and a good conversationalist. What an illusion it all was. How I should have listened to those small voices in the back of my head whispering, it's all too good to be true. Something doesn't add up. The whispers in the chatter of your mind that are designed to destroy the good things in your life. I should have heeded them, but they kept being swept away by my desperation for a happy life and to be loved. The only indication as to what was about to unfold was a teenager who went from an innocent preteen to a destructive adolescent, prone to violent rants and outbursts. Gone were the innocent conversations of her preteen life to be replaced by verbally abusive rants and outbursts. I expected this from a teenager to some extent thought that the developing adolescent in her was testing the world around her, trying to make sense of what her life had been up until this time. The velocity of the outbursts and the depth of her anger worried me, though. Surely this was not normal. I attempted to get help from doctors, psychologists and through counsellors. I read and researched everything I could about teenagers I talked to my friends endlessly about the behaviours she was exhibiting and her treatment of me. Her hatred, her disgust of me and her belittling remarks chipped away at my confidence as a mother. I blame myself for not being able to maintain a balanced relationship with my daughter. I thought that I was a bad mother. It never occurred to me that the issue was not the relationship between us but the evil that had entered our lives undetected some years earlier, 
like a cobra, and evil was envenomating my precious only daughter, doing unspeakable harm. This cobra managed to manipulate me to the point where I thought I was going crazy, hinting that perhaps I was misinterpreting my daughter's behaviour, that she was normal and I was overreacting, all the while still professing undying love and commitment to me. The confusion of his words took the focus from my daughter and placed it squarely at my feet and had me questioning my right to be a mother at all. My life up till this point had been a long series of setbacks, of failed relationships and flawed decision-making, hardship and pain. In many ways, I had dealt with life as best I could, always searching out ways to succeed instead of fail, trying to right the wrongs and striving to make good of the bad. Up to that point, I was still dealing with the cards I'd been dealt and I was a people pleaser. I wish I'd known that this trait of vulnerability would create a vulnerability that would enable a perpetrator to slip quietly into my life, but worse still, my daughter's life. Now I understand how these evil masters of lies and deception work, and I want others to understand too, and to be compelled to ask more questions. So much of what happened to me in my life has been inexplicable. I've suffered hurt, shame, anxiety, depression, fear, and felt anger. So much anger. Now that I'm older and wiser, I can see why things happened and how things happened. I have an insight into not only my own behaviour, but the behaviour of others. This knowledge has brought me to a place of solace. During each of those turbulent times, it was hard to see past my own emotions and it was only in more settled times that I gained this understanding. I'm not a psychologist. However, I have extensively studied psychology and researched endlessly the multiple of a multitude of science-based articles and books available to familiarise myself with whatever I was feeling or going through at the time. Together with extensive therapy and counselling, it has combined in such a way to give me an understanding of my reactions, my decision-making, my own thoughts and patterns, and helped me to heal myself. I'm hoping that it will help to heal others who read this story. So just before I finish all, all this, um, my listener is saying, so the man was not a good one. No, he was an illusion of a good man and he was not good at all in any way. But as is so often the case with an evil man they are incredibly good manipulators and they have abilities to hone in to your own vulnerabilities so he told me the things that i wanted to hear he showed me the things that i needed to see but in the background he was just plain evil um yes the story uh, of the prologue that I just wrote to you is indeed my own story and um, I do talk about me and I talk about what my daughter suffered at the hands of a man that I was engaged to um, and the purpose of writing my story, Resilience, is to show others that despite incredible trauma, we all have the ability the ability to heal. We all have the ability to change how we think about life and we all have the ability to know happiness. 
I wrote the book so that other people who read it um, will have hope um, that there is light at the end of the tunnel. I know that when I was very dark uh, and that when I was suffering the worst, I didn't feel like there was any hope. I didn't feel like there was a light out of the darkness. And I wrote the book so that people reading it would know that there is light, happiness, health and hope. And if you could see my life now where I get to talk to the most amazing people each week on my radio show, that I get to talk to you amazing listeners and tell you how wonderful life can be and to give you hope and to help you to discover how to be the best version of yourself, that is wonderful to me. So I know that we're just about out of time and I want to take the time to thank you for listening to Radio Tony this week and thank you for typing in your questions and interacting with my guests. I love to hear from you. I love to know that you're listening. So wishing you all a fabulous week. Until next week, this is Tony Lontis and Radio Tony over and out. Bye now. Radio Tony, your safe space for tough conversations. Exposing secrets and talking about trauma and recovery. Radio Tony, a platform for the unheard. Radio Tony, with Tony Lontis, author of Resilience, memoir of a broken little girl discovering a woman of strength and beauty. Radio 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 Tony. Available now on Amazon.com and in all good bookstores. Radio Tony. Back next Thursday from 7pm Eastern Standard Time, live from the Gold Coast, Australia. Mama.